Welcome and thank you for accepting this invitation to join in our Bible study for April 14th, 2021. Please feel free to share this Bible study with your family and friends because I truly believe whenever God's Word is sent out, it never returns empty. Abiding in God's Word will help us all to live into St. Paul's Lutheran Church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, as we abide in your Word today, please open our hearts, minds, and ears to your loving kindness and help mold us to your humble service. Help us, Lord, to concentrate on doing your will and listening to your commands as opposed to doing our will. We ask this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. When God created heaven and earth, he had a plan. He still does. He also created humans who he engaged to be part of his plan to rule and have dominion over the plants and the animals of the land. We're still part of that plan today. As you've heard me say before, the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And while it was not written to us, it was written for us. Most of the characters I will mention today intended to do God's will, but because of their sinful nature, there were times that they did not, and there were consequences based on their decisions. I can certainly identify with these characters in these Bible stories, and without a doubt can confirm that the struggle to do God's will is very real. I normally include a personal reflection in my Bible study, but today I'm not. I'm going to ask each one of us, myself included, to reflect on where we may see ourselves in one or some of these stories. I would ask that we all ponder on how we can better serve God by making small, incremental, distinctively Christian changes in our behavior. Let's take a look at some of the characters in the Bible that thought their will be done instead of God's would bring better results. No better place to start than early on in the biblical story that features Adam and Eve. This is a very familiar story and can be found in Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. If you remember, the consequences were the tempter, or the snake, if you will, was relegated to crawl on his belly in the dust. The woman would have to endure labor pains during child, childbirth. The man would have to labor greatly when planting and harvesting the crops due to thorns and weeds. The worst consequence was that the man and the woman were banished from the Garden of Eden. Now let's briefly take a look at 
a couple of other characters, Moses, Aaron, and the Israelites. Aaron and the Israelites' impatience is on full display in the story of the golden calf. This can be found in Exodus 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. The consequences of God's original decision would have wiped out all of the Israelites except for Moses. Thankfully, Moses appealed to God's covenant relationship with his people, and God relented. There's another example of Moses and Aaron thinking that they were doing their will, and it was probably going to be better than God's will. And this is after instructions from God. This can be found in the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, but I'm going to read only 7 and 8. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. Moses totally regarded, disregarded God's instructions to speak to the rock. Moses was obviously ticked off at the Israelites, and in his anger, he lashed out at the rock with his staff instead. As a result, Moses nor Aaron would get their ticket punched to enter the promised land. Moses saw an opportunity, he took it, and he paid the consequences. Now let's skim over to Abraham and Sarah. They both had a promise for God that they would have a son that would grow into many nations. When God told them this, they both actually laughed at God's plan and over time figured they had a better plan. Sarah saw her servant Hagar as a means to provide a son for her husband Abraham. Are you starting to see a pattern here of humans thinking they had a better plan than God? And the way they react is to see something, covet it, take it, not thinking there will be consequences. As a result of their indiscretion, Abraham was faced with having to sacrifice his son Isaac. Thanks to God's grace, Isaac was spared. Now, there's another character, Judas. He saw an opportunity to force Jesus to take a stand against the Romans and the rulers, and he took that opportunity. It ultimately cost him his life and cost Jesus his life as well. I'm sure there are many more stories in the Bible that you can recall where someone or a group of people saw something they liked, they took it, and ultimately paid the consequences. There's one more story I would like to dive a little deeper into today, and it involves David. This story plays out in 2 Samuel chapter 11 through chapter 12, verse 14. Here's the reading. In the spring, at the time when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged 
Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home, so he asked Uriah, Haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David and David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, Put Uriah in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw him so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. Job sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, When you have finished giving the king this account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up and he may ask you, Why did you get so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know that they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jerobaseth? Didn't a woman drop an upper millstone on him from the wall, so that he died in Thebes? Why did you get so close to the wall? If he asks you this, then say to him, Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. The messenger set out, and when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. David told the messenger, Say this to Joab, Don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. 
Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. The Lord said to Nathan, sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. He will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. I would ask that you please read Psalm 51 to see and appreciate the depth of David's sorrow. David cries for the mercy after prophet Nathan comes to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. You know, the Bible is is a book of God's word given to us for our learning so that we can make choices and avoid bad consequences, so that we can enjoy the blessings and fellowship of God. As believers, there are two main choices, trusting Christ as our Savior and learning to become like him by following the leading of the Holy Spirit or trust our own instincts. Both have eternal consequences. Therefore, we must remember that every choice has a consequence. 
when we put our own will ahead of God's, we will pay a price for our transgressions. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Creator, we thank you for your forgiveness and grace in times of our transgressions. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who delighted in your will, even to death, so that we may know your will for us through him. It is in his name we pray. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.